When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Friday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. We're doing another draft. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. A week ago, we did an offense draft for the Ryan Day era. The four years of Ryan Day as the head coach, we each drafted an 11 man offense with the wrinkle of we each took one player from the Jim Tressel era. We each took one player from the Urban Meyer era. That is both a had to and a got to because you needed to help, but you also didn't have the option. You couldn't pass on that. You had to do it. Same thing here today. We are going to do a defense draft of the Ryan Day era. We are building 11-man defenses. We will each pick one player from the Jim Tressel era, one player from the Urban Meyer, Meyer era to supplement the nine-day players that we each are going to take. Nathan and Steven, just off the bat as we work this out, I'm thinking you can run any defensive scheme you want. You want three corners. You want three safeties. You want you want three linebackers, right, Steven? We have some flexibility here. We need it, I think. Yeah. I think the good thing about Ryan Day having so many defensive schemes over the last couple of years and three defensive coordinators is you do have options on what you want to run, which as this draft goes on, you're going to be happy you have those options to run multiple types of defense and how you build this. Yeah, and and I don't know, Nathan, that even I know what I'm going to run until I figure out what players are available. Yeah, this is a really interesting mix of dudes. And that Tressel-Meyer-Wrinkle works kind of 180 degrees opposite of the way it did on offense, I think. Because, I mean, there's something like, I think at every position, there are at least like four All-Americans from the Meyer and Tressel eras, up to like six. And I think there have been two defensive All-Americans from the entirety of the Ryan Day era so far. So that tells you a little bit. There are going to be some really great players. Like, we got some blowback on Twitter. People were like, hey, how did you not take this guy? Because I think it's people who maybe didn't even listen to the pod and understand the rules that we were going with. But just to tell you guys up front, there's going to be some amazing football players whose names don't come up on this draft uh, or get mentioned in passing because we can't fit them on. Amazing players from the Trestle and Meyer era. There's not going to be any right. amazing yeah, yeah, players yeah, yeah. from the day era. They don't get no, 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 no. no we're, we're picking them. There's going to be some interesting players from the Ryan Day era taken at the bottom of this draft. So again, the idea of this, in the end, there are going to be 27 players from the Ryan Day era who get picked. There are going to be three Meyer players and three Trestle players. 
So that's how this works. So 27 players we have to take. And there's an interesting part of this is there are multiple players in this day era whose reputation and view from the fan base completely flipped in their career. And it's like, well, at his best, you want that guy. But then when people are going to vote on our teams, like, are they going to, which part of the, of what guy are they going to remember? And there are also some players who by snap count, you maybe really should take because they played a lot who you don't want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want them, no offense, but I'm building like kind of an all-star team. I don't want them on my all-star team and fans don't want to see them on a team. So it's like, Hey, who can you avoid? And that's not a shot at anybody. Hey, guess what? Play one snap of football at Ohio State is an amazing thing. To be a starter at Ohio State is a ridiculously amazing thing. But there are just more defensive guys who have had up and down or maybe down and iffy careers in the day era. And so we're going to have to cover that. It is, I do think, going to be a completely different draft from the offense draft. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that offense draft. And you can go back and listen with this knowledge because we did a poll the texters. If you want to be a tech subscriber, 614-350-3315, who drafted the best team? So I put that out to the tech subscribers. I gave the 11-man rosters for each of us. There were responses that people sent back that, you know, people all kind of chimed in for all three teams. Steven, there were, you know, people who had strong opinions. There were people saying, oh, I was really split between these two teams. You know, I thought this team had the better run game. I thought this team had the better pass game. I thought this team was the most balanced, that kind of thing. The only thing I disagreed with was, Stephen, somebody voted for you and said, offensive line doesn't matter in this draft. And it's like, well, what? what, Like, it's a football team. So you can say like, hey, I'm going to lean on the receivers and that really matters to me. But to say the offensive line doesn't matter, it's like, that's factually wrong. It's a football team. So to that texture, I was like, actually, that's wrong. So you're if that's how you're voting, you can vote however you want. That vote is wrong. It's a football yeah. team. But all of our teams, Stephen, had different strengths, and that's okay. So, Stephen, who do you think won? Me, you, or Nathan? I think I won. I think people looked at that receiving. I, I think a better way for them to have phrased that would have been, I think the other stuff that Stephen has makes up so much for the fact that the offensive line is lacking that it makes it matter a little bit less. But saying it doesn't matter, that's just wrong. Yes, it doesn't matter because he needs to be protected. I think I won, though, because people looked at that quarterback, that those skill positions, I don't have any weaknesses there. Another thing that somebody said is they thought J.K. Dobbins was better than Zeke, which I thought to myself, well, you're the only person who thinks that. So, like that, again, like J.K. Dobbins was amazing in 2019, but peak Zeke, like – I don't, I don't like, there's nobody like that's that, that again, like you can think that it's not true. It's not true. Now, like who had a singular better season? Like JK Dobbins is 2000 yard. 2019 was better than any singular Ezekiel Elliott season. But like the second half of Ezekiel Elliott's 2014 and the playoff run. And then when they did use him in 2015, we're not here to have a discussion. It's a defense draft. But anyway, I thought, well, then that's not true either. So Steven, to no one's surprise, thinks Steven won. I mean, I can't even we get on here and Steven would be like, I, I really thought Nathan did a great job. So Steven thinks Steven won. Nathan, who do you think won? I, I don't think that I won, probably, because of some of the decisions I made. Uh, but I think the longer that you vamped about all the back and forth, and it could be two of these, I think you won. I think it yeah, was I, I was okay. expecting it to be a long, draw out thing for then people to just say, but they liked mine the best. 
Yeah, no, that's what it is. So I won. <laughs> 50-59% for Team Doug. 29% for Team Steven. 12% for Team Nathan. So I think the general consensus for people who voted for me was I like had the best balance. So it's like I did. I think I probably have the best offensive line, and I have good this and I have good that. But like, I think whatever. So I thought I thought it was pretty even. I did not know knowing going in who would win because I thought we did a pretty good job of having various strengths. I didn't think there were any like huge misses in the draft. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that anybody like forgot a guy and like somebody swept in at the end and was like, I can't believe this guy's still available. It's like I thought it was a very logical draft all the way through. This one for the defense, I don't know what this is going to be logical at all. So. Steven, in the last draft, we're going to do it the same way. It's going to be one, two, three. The person who picks third will also pick fourth. Five, six. The person who picks first and six will also pick seventh. But then it's going to be seven, eight, nine, and then back to 10. So we're only going to snake it for three, four, and six, seven. So that is a little bit of an advantage for the person who picks first. It was Nathan in the last draft. It went Nathan, Doug, Steven. Steven, you have the option in this draft. Where do you want to pick, Steven? Honestly, don't know, and I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. How I wanted to play this, um, I'll take first, and just I'll take first. Okay, I think that's probably what you have to do. I'm not even sure that I, yeah. I know who the number one pick is, but I think you probably have to take the first pick. Nathan, you have the next choice. Do you want to pick second, Nathan, or do you want to pick third? Um, I will take second. Okay, I think that also is what you have to do. And so I honestly have no idea how this is going to go. I have, I know I I outlined how many players I think from the day era I would actually want and really want on a defense. And are there going to be enough guys to fill my team with wants or am I going to have to sort of take guys who are a little not as exciting? And then there are some clear options from the day and Meyer era, but there's like the positional value that I don't know if it's going to match up everywhere. So I don't know what's going to happen, which makes it a good podcast. Steven means 33 players will be taken in this draft. And the first one will be taken by you. Who will it be? So he was such the issue with figuring out if I wanted to go first. or th- I knew I wanted to go first or third. Cause I have to have that wraparound at some point. I think it's just so valuable, especially on defense more than offense. I'm taking chase Young with the number one pick because one, I can't get left without one of the, the three superstar, you know, all-time great edge rushers. But I also can't put somebody else in a position where they're getting two of those guys, potentially, while also sacrificing that there's some guys at some other positions. Because I'm going first, I'm probably just not going to get. But I also wasn't going to get him at third either. So Chase Young, 16 and a half sacks, Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, NFL Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. Injuries have kind of, you know, killed his, his, his NFL career a little bit. We'll see if he, he can bounce back there. But from an Ohio State standpoint, he had the highest peak of the three just because of what that record-breaking season was. And that's one of the best defenses we've seen in, a, in the last 10 years for Ohio State. He is the number one reason why. He's the best defensive player of the Ryan Day era, Nathan. And I think he probably is the obvious number one pick here. It's who I would have taken. Is this you? you would have taken, Nathan? Yeah, he's the number one player I would have taken. It's not just that the best defensive player of the Ryan Day era, it's you arguably then start debating whether or not that 2019 season was the best defensive season in Ohio State history. Like he just he just wrecked everybody in a way that was 
it was impressive to watch until it became almost boring, like almost routine to watch him just dismantle people. And that just doesn't happen very much. And it, it, at any level, and it doesn't even really happen that much to that extent at Ohio State, and it certainly hasn't happened since. Okay. I am. Um, that's what I thought would happen. There's, there's a strategy here that I wonder if it's going to be followed, and I wonder if I'm going to follow it. And I haven't decided yet if I'm going to follow it. Because there are just not a ton of Ryan Day-era defensive superstars. Mm-hmm. There are not. And so it's a matter of, I think, how you go about choosing the superstars from the Meyer and Trestle eras. And is it on pure superstarism or is it on need and filling gaps where the biggest gaps in the day era are? And I don't know what the right answer is to that. So Nathan Baird, the second pick is to you. Where are you going? I, I think I think of this very much the same way you do, and I'm taking Jeff Okuda here because yep. I think that is the only other superstar defensive player from the Ryan Day era. And his he was Chase Young was so amazing in 2019 that it often overshadowed the fact that nobody threw at Jeff Okuda for an entire season. And I and they had, I know they had other good defensive backs on the field too. So you kind of had to pick your poison a little bit. Uh, but he was uh, a a true shutdown corner. And he, even more than Young, hasn't been able to follow that up at the NFL level partially because of injuries. But we started to see him maybe turn a corner on some effectiveness for a, a Detroit team that's trying to put some things together. But, I mean, number three pick in the NFL draft, a unanimous All-American and again, right now stands as like the last real uh, claim that Ohio State was trying to make towards that DBU title. And it's really slipped away from them and something they've been trying to get back now going on three years and really need to, to start to see more of that turnaround as we've been saying the last couple of years. Can they get back to something that resembles what they had before starting this fall? And but but the level when you say that you're really not talking about a level anywhere near what Jeff Okuda did because it was that impressive in 2019. Steven, is this obvious? Mm-hmm. It really in the end? Yeah. I mean, they're the first and second non-quarterbacks taking an NFL draft. They're the only picks that guarantee you at least one dude who's a certified, there are some p- potentials and then in the Ryan Day era, but there's two certified dudes and it's, it's Jeff Okuda and Chase Young and probably in that order. Or and even but even if you flip them, it's fine. It's just you know you got one certified dude on your team for the Ryan Day era that from a strategic standpoint keeps your trestle and Urban Meyer pick still open, but then also, yeah, that's just kind of what it is. That defense was built on the backs of those two guys. And then after that, then we'll start filling in with other people. And honestly, we don't have to answer this question now. We can have this discussion a little bit later in the draft. Who is the third best defensive player of the Ryan Day era? Because there's a I, drop here, and I think there's a group, Nathan, and yeah. there's certainly there's not the star power right. compared to these two guys. I think the conversation you're having there is somebody from the um, – well, it's all guys we're going to take later. Do you want me to just start saying names? I don't know if I want to remind no, you all that's how way, these guys but I mean, are. But the point is, like, I think Chase is on we, a tier of his own. Chase is a Heisman yeah. finalist. And yes. then Okuda yeah. is a certified All-American. And then there's some good players. Well, I think when we take those guys, we should say, hey, this is a guy that I think might be in the mix for that number three spot. 
Because I think there's like I could think of like uh, three yeah. names. I could think of like three names I'd throw out there right now. Okay, so I think for star power, I have to take a Trestle or Meyer guy here, or I'm going to get swamped. Like I could just take the next two best guys of the day era, and I'd rather take day era picks, but I don't think I can. I think I have to take star power, or I'm dead. So I'm going to take Joey Bosa, and this is a college pick, not a pro pick. This is Joey Bosa's contributions as a true freshman, really good in 13, 2014. He's a hugely impactful first-team All-American for a national championship team. And in 2015, he doesn't have as many sacks, but he's still awesome. Nick had to share time, right, in really kind of a group in 16, was the guy in 17, and then had his had his college career cut short in 18, and he was just the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And by the rules, I mean – Bosa Bosa rap would be awesome, but I can't because it's two urban guys, right? If I could have squeezed in, if Joey, if Tress could have held on a little bit longer and had the first year of Joey Bosa somehow be with Jim Tressel, I could Bosa Bosa this. I can't Bosa Bosa. So I'm going to Bosa with a J, not with an N. Steven, did I take the right Bosa? I don't think there's a wrong Bosa. <laughs> um, honest, no, no, no. But yes. <laughs> but also, I think it's reasonable for both. I think Joey has the stats because he didn't necessarily have to share time as much as the other two guys. And because you said college, college is why you're choosing Joey over Nick. Then that makes sense why you went with Joey. But also I could have understood if you went with Nick because right now, you know, years after Nick so far has, even with his injuries, even with his abdomen injury and his ACL injury at the next level, his ACL injury when he even got to Ohio state in the first place, even with all that, he's been the best of the three of chase Joey and him the defensive player of the year award and what he just did this year. So I don't think there's a wrong answer with any of those two, when you're put in a situation where you have to use your urban buyer pick on one of these two guys, because you can't take that, that chance of ending up with none of them. Nathan, would you have taken Joey or Nick? I would have taken Joey again. I think in this draft, you lean college production over anything else. Okay. So now I'm really stuck. And I think I'm going to go with juice. I'm going to go with juice. I have, I can't, I have to make a day pick though. I can't use both my picks this early. So I think I'm going to go with juice and continued upside. That also includes production so far. And I'm going to take JT Tuimolo And I don't know if that means I think he's the third best defensive player of the Ryan Day era. I I actually probably don't think that, but I think edge rushers matter so much. I think his upside has been seen, and I'll think I'll get a little credit for what he still might be, but I'm not sure that this is the right pick here. But if you said to me, Doug, does this mean you think he's the third best defensive player of the Ryan Day era? I think my answer is no, Nathan. I don't think that's what I think this pick means. No, I think this there's I understand why you're doing this. I think it makes a lot of sense. He's not one of the first names that came to my mind as far as someone you'd make that argument for just because he's only had like the the, you know, show me years of freshman and then kind of started to come into his own and had the big flash against Penn State last year. But I think there's certainly the potential. But by the end of this coming season, we could look at it and be like, oh, he's clearly the third best player of the of the day on defense. Yeah. Steven, did I reach here? No, I don't think he reached. I think that Penn State game is so good that this is fine because now we. I think sometimes you 
when you see somebody do something once, now you know they can do it. Now the question is, can he consistently do it? But we know he's got that in him now. So I, I think that's our expectation for him now is All-American level, the next top 10 pick of this defensive end room that Larry Johnson's had. So I don't think it's a reach. And I'm also using a little bit of positional value here. This is an edge rusher cornerback world. And so we our first four picks are edge rushers and corners. And that brings the fifth pick to you, Nathan. Who's it going to be? I was hoping you'd vamp a little more so I could uh, think about what <laughs> oh, I wanted to do oh, here. Because that's a <laughs> vamp request? You don't have to ask much. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this is what I think about when I every we have guinea pigs in our house and we don't like them, but they live in our house. And every day I have a conversation in my head. I like to get a carrot and I peel the carrot and I cut the end, the bottom and the top off the carrot. So I just ate two carrots, which means I had two tops and two bottoms. I take them over to the two guinea pigs. I'm going to give them each a top and each a bottom. But one of the guinea pigs is bigger than the other. So every day I have a conversation in my head of do I give the bigger pieces to the bigger guinea pig? because he's bigger and he needs more food or do I give the bigger pieces to the smaller guinea pig because she's smaller and maybe she needs to get bigger and every day. And I think it is a philosophical, I don't know nothing about no philosophy, but I think it is a philosophical discussion about when you have something, do you give more to the bigger person or more to the smaller person, Nathan? And I feel like it is sort of a a discussion about life in the universe, which is just a man walking 17 steps to feed two guinea pigs he doesn't actually like. All right, make your pick. Was that's, that good? Is that long enough? Yeah, no, not really. Uh, I, okay. Here's the problem. I, I, My whole draft strategy was to not take any Meyer Trestle people early because I thought there was just so much depth. Like I said before, there's just like all Americans everywhere. But I also think I don't want to give Stephen mm. both young and a bosa because you knew it was coming i think there's no way to i think there's no way to win the fan vote at all if that happens so i'm going to be like linebackers don't matter yeah my linebackers are reed carico and uh tough borland's cousin and people will be like he has nick and chase it doesn't matter (laughs) so yes anticipating that and not wanting to just get myself shut out of the it's just so much of what we talk about Ohio State offense, Ohio State's defensive uh, identity for the past decade longer is the Boses and Young. Like that's how we talk about everything. It's through Boses and Young, and in the first round corners. That's how we look at it, right or wrong. And we'll have some discussions as we get further into this about whether that's true. Certainly seems to be more true right now. But anyway, long story short, I'm taking Nick Bosa. I I think that makes a lot. I think. You explained it correctly. You kind of didn't want to, but you kind of had to because Stephen Means is like a shark in the water waiting waiting for Nick oh, yeah. to get to him. Yeah. I had the ultimate what if waiting on me if if Nathan didn't take Nick Bosa because that's the entire 2018 season. What if yeah. Nick Bosa doesn't get hurt? Does what's going on in the back end matter as much in a year where Draymond Jones had like seven or eight sacks, Chase had ten and a half. You pluck Nick Bosa into that that defensive line is just getting up to the quarterback every game. Who cares about what's going on in the back end, right? So I, I respect it 100%. That's, I knew that's where you were going. As soon as that was put on the table for you, I started looking elsewhere with my Urban Meyer pick. And I have some some flexibility and when I want to use that now, because not just flexibility with when I want to use it, but where I want to use that pick based on some other places that I build my roster. Yeah. And we both, both of our Meyer picks are gone now. 
So right. yep. all these other great Urban Meyer players, you can, I mean, you've got your pick. I think it's, it, you're in a good spot. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to do, Steven? You got the wrap here with pick six and seven. I'll wait on the Urban Meyer stuff. Cause one, I just want to think about it some more and I want to see how this, this kind of shapes out here. And with my first pick, I think the way I'm going to use him is what makes him so valuable. And it's Sean Wade as a slot corner. Because Sean Wade as a slot corner was awesome. And one of the, another reason why that defense was so good. Sean Wade as a slot corner is why Mel Kuyper, right after the 2020 draft finish, was saying that maybe Sean Wade's the next first-round cornerback out of Ohio State, top 10 pick, all that stuff. The problem is you moved him outside, and then it became an issue. But in that slot, that gives me some flexibility. I have a, a corner I can put into that spot without having to put any of these other safeties who haven't been very good at that role since Sean Wade left it. So I'll, I'll take him and I'll make him, I guess for, for right now, I'm, I'm, I'm having a five defensive back group and I'll make him the nickel safety or cover safety or slot corner, whatever name they want to use for it. So this is an interesting pick and that best of Sean Wade, he's one of the guys that I was talking about, Stephen, when it's like, it's almost like he had two careers. Mm-hmm. And so like th- you're taking like the best of Sean Wade and then, well, you know, the, the last year of Sean Wade didn't go as he expected. And then it affected his draft stock. And we all know we talked about that during the course of it, but I think upside Nathan, like when you think of the best of Sean Wade, I think this he's in this discussion for third best defensive player of the Ryan day era with his upside. No, it's, it's a huge value pick. It's if I were in Steven's position, I think this is exactly how my draft would be going. I think that's probably if I drafted first, I would have taken young. And if the other picks had worked out this way, that's probably who I would have taken here because I just like the versatility that gives you as you put together the rest of your secondary. I think you could make an argument. I mean, what if he's the second best corner you end up with in this draft, I think as we're about to find out, not a travesty. But now if you get to put him where he really fits best at a nickel safety mm-hmm. slot corner, whatever you want to call that, uh, cover safety, I mean, come up with any of the 25 names that they've used in the last five years, then I think it makes your defense a lot better because he was, I think, legitimately really really good in 2019. Okay, we'll take a break there. That's two rounds in. When we come back, Stephen Weens will kick off the third round of the Ryan Day era defense draft. We'll do that next. All right, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, Joey Bosa, JT Tuomolowau, Nick Bosa, and Sean Wade. The first six picks. Pick seven, Stephen, is who? It came down to two people in the Day era. I'm going to stay here with the positional value and you know making sure I get the bang, best bang for my buck with some of these guys. And because linebacker gets kind of wanky after a couple of guys. I'm going to go with Malik Harrison here. Another guy who I think is in that conversation of third best player, defensive player of the Ryan day era, quality linebacker, especially the two years I've covered is 2018 and 2019. He was an elite line, a pretty good linebacker for this team. And that shores up my will spot with who I still think, even with what Tommy Eichenberg did this year, I think Malik Harrison is still the best linebacker of the Ryan day era. I would argue one of the most underrated players yeah. I've covered in yeah. almost two decades I, of this that I think people almost forget how good Malik Harrison was, Nathan. He was one of the guys that popped to mind when we were talking about third best defensive players of the day era. And I think he, you're right, it's a very underrated player for just how consistent he was. And one of the guys who definitely gets lost when you look at that 2019 team and young and the DBs and people even talk about Jordan Fuller in a way more than they talk about Malik Harrison, who was right there in the middle doing a lot of important things for that team. 
no, I think this is a this is a good pick. And that brings us, Nathan, to the second pick of the third round for you. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to go a similar route. But I think I'm going to stay up front. I'm going to take Davon Hamilton, who similarly was a really important guy. Uh, I don't think defensive tackle is super deep uh, for this draft. And he was another guy I think you could mention in that that third best defensive player just from the senior season that he had really impactful as a defensive tackle and has gotten into the NFL and, and seems to be sticking around there too. And a high pick in the NFL yeah. draft. And again, like if we're, and I don't, I don't think that's unfair to use that as a guide for how people thought about this player as a college player, right? That it's not necessarily what he did, but how it reflected his skill in college. He's a third round pick pick number 73 in the NFL draft, and he's been pretty good in the NFL so far. I'll just say a name of a guy who is going to get picked. But for instance, Haskell Garrett was an All-American. Davon Hamilton was not. Haskell Garrett didn't get drafted. And so when you look back and think about, okay, the best of Haskell Garrett and the best of Davon Hamilton, it's like, oh man, why didn't you take the All-American? But I I had, I wasn't a thousand percent sure who I thought the best defensive tackle of the day era was, Nathan, but I think I would have taken Davon Hamilton too. Was this obvious to you if you want a DT, this is the way to go? To me, it was. There's one other name, I guess, that you would probably throw in this conversation. But as far as the one that I think, Haskell Garrett, there were obviously some, some he, he played very well and uh, maybe had some special circumstances that got him some of the attention that he got, obviously. And uh, I think there's another player who, uh, for different reasons, but had some of those other, like, just sort of, um, peripheral things that maybe got him some attention but long story short i think for david hamilton was just he got on the field and performed and was effective and uh was a disruptive player on a really good defense in 2019 best defense in the country arguably in 2019 and was a underrated part of that is this who you would have taken as a defensive tackle Stephen? was he first on your board for dt's i don't know if i would have taken him this high i probably would have waited another round but he's the first dt i would have taken for sure okay Okay, so respect to Davon Hamilton, and this opens up the possibility for Nathan Baird of we didn't have the Boses on the same team. We could have the Hamiltons on the same team. Could be interesting because they never got to play with each other. Nathan Baird could make a dream come true. So I am between four guys, and I'm trying to figure out like the depth of the position and how I'm going to let that affect me. But I also think I'm going to go with a guy. I think I'm going to go with a guy that people, <laughs> I'm just playing to the crowd. I'm going with a guy that people like right now. I'm just going to go with a guy that people like right now. Also, who played an extraordinary football season this past year. And I'm going to take Tommy Eichenberg. And there was a time when, it would, what? What? And now that time is long gone. Tommy Eichenberg is an excellent college football player. I don't know what that's going to mean for the NFL. I don't particularly care what that's going to mean for the NFL. But right now, what he means to Ohio State, what he just did for Ohio State, am I a thousand percent sure he's the he's the second linebacker off the board here? Am I a thousand percent sure he's the second best linebacker? No, but I'm playing to the crowd. Tommy, I, people love him. Tommy, no thumbs, man. Tommy, no thumbs. So, Stephen, you put your head back like, oh, no. 
is this who you like is were you gonna take Tommy or did you think I was gonna take somebody else? No, I thought you were gonna take somebody else. So when you said his name, I kind of reprieved a little bit, but also okay. I know who my next pick is, and I got a little worried because you're the only other person who I just because you covered him who I know would take this pick as his trestle pick. Oh, okay. So Nathan, is this is this too high for Tommy No Thumbs? I don't know if it's too high. I think there are some a couple of the guys I might have taken ahead of him and and hoped maybe I could get him later as like great value. But I don't think you can argue with I mean, he was like basically like a consensus or maybe unanimous second team All-American, if there is such a thing. Like yeah. all the major lists. He was a second team All-American. So like one of the six best linebackers in the country last year. Like how many other people in the day era, can you say at any point in their career, they were considered one of the six best defensive players at their position in the country? Like a very short list. I think the NFL draft is, um, I'm just, I mean, we're going to be end up drafting a lot of these guys anyway. Pete Warner and him and Tommy Eichenberg are two very interesting linebackers because if we did this a year ago, Tommy Eichenberg probably doesn't get drafted. And now he's the second linebacker taking a draft like this. While we spent a lot of time with Pete Warner underrating him and then, now he's like, what was he, like a second or third round pick in the NFL draft? I was like, oh, that's why they were so high on him. With Tommy Eichenberg, as you mentioned, Haskell Garrett earlier, who was an All-American and then didn't get drafted. I'm very interested to see what his draft stock is you know, next spring when he is – well, he's eligible this year, but when he actually goes into the draft. If the All-American status kind of – is that going to follow over into the NFL draft and he's like a third round pick and we had been underrating him this whole time? Or is he going to be like a sixth or seventh round pick who just had a really good college career? Yeah. So I, I thought about Pete Warner, but I want Tommy Eichenberg. So that brings us, Stephen, to the top of the fourth round and you. I need a corner to, you know, play buddy ball with Chase Young. And I don't – it's just too many really good defensive players in the Urban Meyer era to use one there, even though there are just this run of first-rounders. But there's a genesis to all of this, and it's a Thorpe Award winner by the name of Malcolm Jenkins who played in the Jim Trussell era who long career, I think he won a Super Bowl, was All-American Jim Thorpe Award winner, the number 14th pick in the NFL draft of the 2009 NFL draft. Really quality guy, high-end guy, and it gives me a top corner because that's what he was in college. He was a corner, even though he shifted over to safety later on in his NFL career. No, I I love – people know I love Malcolm Jenkins. So that's a a really good pick. And, again, there's multiple options in the Meyer era corner. There's not in the same way in Mm -hmm. the Trestle era at corner. So this is a smart use of that, and it gets Malcolm Jenkins off the board. And he is – I mean, he just had – he had a remarkable NFL career. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ, absolute leader in the locker room, really high-level player, really mattered to two franchises in the NFL – and was that same kind of guy at Ohio State, like was just a fundamental foundational guy for the Trestle era. So that, that's a really good pick. And it's a good use of that Trestle era choice. So well done by Steven. And that'll bring us, Nathan, to your pick in the fourth round. So, yeah, I'm glad there's one Trestle pick already off the board now. Um, I think there's just so much Trestle value at, at like every position. Uh, so I think I'm going to try to, I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with day era here, and I guess I will take Pete Werner, who we all liked and thought was maybe a little bit underrated uh, as a college player, but weren't really sure what was going to happen for him. And then he has really gone on to the NFL and, and excelled. And uh, another guy that I think would be in that that third best conversation 
he, uh, you know, he and, and Harrison overlapped and things got kind of handed off to Werner in a way. Obviously, Werner came and played Will replacing Harrison for that 2020 season. But it also, at the time, I think we looked at that and thought, well, maybe that's actually not. If you're looking at him as a pro, is that where he fits the best? And I, because maybe he's better just in a um, more working in space or whatever. But just his versatility makes any linebacker core better that we're drafting here. I think that's a good pick. I think I might have taken him next if you didn't, Nathan. And so the next, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was really, I had forgot mm-hmm. that I didn't have a wrap. I, I think I would have taken him next. I thought I was going to wrap and I was going to wrap it with Tommy No Thumbs and Pete the Neck and just like have my crew. <laughs> I, like, hey, what if I, mess what if with I, Doug's team? I can like trade you the rights to the neck and, and, and swap draft picks somewhere else to like move yeah. up. Yeah. For Joey Bosa, you'll give me Pete Warner right. for Joey Bosa. <laughs> Okay, no, so I'm, I'm also going to play to the crowd here because I'm a man of the people and I want to win the draft. But I am drafting this guy based on what I would have done with him at Ohio State mm. and what I voiced <laughs> multiple times yes. I would have done with him at Ohio State. Yeah. And guess where I'm not putting him? I'm not putting him at middle linebacker because I have a middle linebacker. So I'm going to pair Baron Browning with Tommy Eichenberg, and Baron Browning is going to be my will linebacker. Yeah, maybe he'll come up and flash on the edge sometimes. I don't know, but I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him roam. And we're not, we're playing – I'm Doug LaMaurice linebacker coach. I am not Bill Davis linebacker coach. I am not a Washington linebacker coach. I am doing what's best for Baron Browning and Team Doug, and so I think I need him. Is it the exact right pick? There's a guy who I really want to pick, who I have now not picked two rounds in a row, that I really want to pick. And I probably should pick here instead, but I don't care. I'm taking Baron Browning. Steven, that's okay, right? I'm allowed to do this. Love it. Love the Baron Browning pick. Love it for you. Love it. Love it. Just I love it for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it for you, Doug, but I also love it because you've left a great player for me to pick who you should have picked, you giant idiot. I love it for me too, Buckeye talk. Uh, all right, well then let's do it, Stephen. Who are you taking here to start the fifth round? Thug secondary is about to be so trash. <laughs> no. I'm just playing six linebackers. I'm just playing six yeah. linebackers. Joey and JT and Mayor Browning better get home every single time or you're just never getting off the field. I'm taking Jordan Fuller. Yeah. That, I, 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 I mean. I almost took him instead of Eichenberg. I yeah. Kinda, I, I would have made sense. about him with my pick. I thought about him. I like the way my, my, my draft is ending out so far now. My front seven, we need some work there. But Jordan Fuller led the team in tackles in 2018, was second, I believe, in tackles in 2019. I mean, they have it. They tried to run a single high safety defense. It, we never really thought it never really made sense after Jordan Fuller left because they never could find a safety who could do it at a high level the way he did. And the further we get away from Jordan Fuller, the more underrated, the more underrated that season is. The fact that he just locked that spot down as the only safety on the field and rarely ever did anything get by him. And then also, I think he was injured this past year or the year before that, but he's got a Super Bowl win and he was voted a captain by the Rams. His second year there, so quality player. Yeah, he was hurt by the Super Bowl, but he was really important to the season that yeah. got them to the Super Bowl. So is this too low, Nathan? Did we wait too long on Jordan Fuller? No. Um, again, he, 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 we didn't get even the respect he deserved 
at the time, I know that there was the great com the great quote from from um I'm blanking on the name now from Jeff the, Halfley, Jeff Halfley right? about being the, the eraser. eraser. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it, it, he was recognized at the time, but and you, I think it was a consensus or maybe unanimous all big 10 guy. I know he was both coaches and media. Like he was first team all big 10 as his last year here. So I mean, there was some recognition for it, but when he went in the seventh round, I think we also kind of were like, yo, okay. Like maybe not that athletic, maybe, this or sixth round, wherever he went, like maybe not the upside, you know, he'll maybe he can fit, make a roster somewhere. And he's clearly exceeded that. And then in retrospect, the way these last three seasons have gone for Ohio state have only further emphasized how important Jordan Fuller was, especially in that defense where he was a single hide. Great pick. I think, I think this is a great pick here. And and honestly, again, I, I, I almost picked him at nine and you're getting him here at 13, Steven. So this is really good. So Nathan, where are you going? Well, I think we probably better just keep it going, and I'll take the guy that I think is the second best safety of the day era, if you're not counting Sean Wade, and I'll take Ronnie Hickman here. I think that's also the right pick, and I think I agree with that, and I think you're getting into some the safety stuff. You're getting into some interesting areas and some upside conversations and things like that, and I think was Ronnie Hickman – Maybe it's just perception, but he almost, I felt at times like single-handedly tried to hold the 2021 defense together. And then in 22, the defense was improved overall. So maybe just our perception changed a little bit, but Steven, like Ronnie Hickman, like take Ronnie Hickman off the 2021 defense and they might give up 60 points a game. He was the best player on that defense. Without question, he had 100 tackles. I thought he was better in 21 than he was in 22. And I'm not just saying that from a stats situation. I thought he gradually got worse the second half of this past season. And then against Georgia, he was basically a no-show half the time. But I understand why you take – he's the Jordan Fuller, the closest thing to that for what 2021 was. If you take him off that defense, things are even worse than they already were that year. So if Jordan Fuller comes off the board – I'm not shocked that Ronnie Hickman comes off the board within three picks of that. Okay. I think that's a good pick. I think I that's if either Fuller or Hickman were available, that's who I would be picking here. There, there is a player. How do I even say this? I don't, I don't know what to do here. And as a result of not knowing what to do, I might punt on this pick and, and kind of cheese my way out of it. There's a player who I think probably should be the next pick who I kind of just don't want to pick. I know who and exactly so who it is. We yeah. can have that discussion, and <laughs> we'll have that pick. Just, we'll have a discussion when one of us picks him. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of just like maybe want to pat. Like, let, I'm just. I think I'm gonna pass on the day era by using my trestle pick here, and I'm gonna take James Laurinaitis mm-hmm. as a three-time consensus All-American, one of the nine or eight or nine three-time All-American, first-team All-Americans in Ohio State history. And I'm playing a three linebacker look. So I got my three linebackers. So Laurinaitis played on the strong side as a freshman. And then I can remember we thought he was going to be the strong side linebacker. And they moved to the middle linebacker and started a sophomore. It was like, oh, you're the middle linebacker now. So James can play anywhere. And I, Baron Browning, Tommy Eichenberg, and James Laurinaitis, I'm not sure it's a modern defense necessarily, but I don't care. And I just think when you have a guy who's this decorated, there certainly are other trestle linebackers, right? I mean, I could take an AJ Hawk, who would have been a great choice. But I just think three-time All-American, and by the way, he just came back, and now he's going to be a coach. So 
I'll I'll let you guys sort out trying to figure out the next part of the day, Aaron Nathan. Is it a, is this a reasonable punt by me here? I was surprised he lasted this long. I thought he might go earlier. I thought about taking him earlier, but there was there were two guys right at this juncture from the Trestle era that I thought were really good picks. And I was just going to, since Steven already took a Trestle guy, I was going to wait for you to take one. And now I'll just wait back and I think take the other one. There's actually two. You already mentioned one of them. There's another guy though, that I think is, is really interesting that could maybe help me. Um, but I, I, I was surprised he didn't go early. I mean, it's a three time all American. Like there yeah. aren't too many people in, Ohio State history at any position were more decorated than James Laurinaitis. Yeah, there, there's another Trestle guy that I really, really wanted to take, who I loved as a player, and now I'm not going to be able to, but that's okay. I'll take James Laurinaitis. Steven, who are you taking? Start the sixth round. It's a really good pick. I'll I'll stay with the day era for a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it's not the guy everybody's passing on because I'm also going to pass on that guy. It's going to be really neat when we actually reveal who that is. I'm going to go... Kind of in the same vein of what JT was this past year, where, I mean, we know he can do it. Now can he do it consistently? Now some of it with him is going to be, will they let him do it consistently because they just didn't play him enough. But he had two and a half sacks and seven snaps. And he was such a force the first half of the season. And then obviously his shoulder really got in the way of that stuff and it really limited him and they never really played him much in the second half of the season. But Mike Hall was leading this team in sacks for most of this year. And I think he ended up tied with Jack Sawyer for that lead. So, Nathan, you drove the bus for him. It was a pretty – it was a great pick to drive the bus for him. Um, you can just hand me the keys now, and I'll drive it the rest of the way because he now belongs to my team. Nathan, he started the bus. Yeah. And again, a guy that I maybe hoped I could, I could pick up later. But as we are getting deeper here, and if you can't take Meyer and Trestle guys – I mean, defensive tackle, not not a super deep position for the purposes of this draft. So mm-hmm. I think it's a smart I, I, pick. I think I disagree with that, though. Really? I, I actually well, think there's kind of like a lump of six dudes. I, I don't have – there are positions like where we, if you need six, like we each need to take two guys, where I'm worried about the fifth and sixth guy. I'm not worried about the sixth defensive tackle. I think you'll get a solid player. Okay. But I, everyone loves my call. I think I agree. Yeah. I think I agree. I think I, I, the depth the depth issue for me is just more guys. Where uh, since we are voting on this, people are going to love that pick versus I just from a building a quality team. I think there's some quality dudes. I'm just there's not a lot of stars on the interior the same no. way there are at other positions. But there but is like the, but Davon Hamilton was the first defensive tackle. Like that's yeah. that's the highest level of star. Yeah, and then I think the drop from him to the sixth guy is not that gigantic mm-hmm. because there's not a chase young or a jeff okuda or a joey bosa or a james laurinaitis sort of at defensive tackle so um there's also like another like a, a other era defensive tackle who i would love to take who i've used my two bonus picks so i'll i don't think he's gonna go but he'd be a great choice anyway so nathan who you gonna take my call's gone who are you taking hmm. boy i wonder which one of us is gonna be the first to pull the trigger at corner <laughs> um <laughs> um 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 well, I, I'm, I'm I'm torn between two guys from the day era. I think I'm going to take this guy. Uh, very similar conversation to what we just had with Ronnie Hickman. I'm just going to take Lathan Ransom off the board now. Guy, he was in the Thorpe Award list at some point last year and can play, um, has some versatility as far as you, where, where you want to play him uh, in at, in the secondary. I'm just going to keep him at a you know a normal safety for what I'm what this team will probably look like. 
But uh, as much as he, you know, had the the one big play from the Georgia game that now stands out, he also had reps in that game and other games where he looked pretty strong and um, intrigued by what he can do this year. Well, uh, you know, last year, obviously, famously coming off of a devastating injury to come back and, and be ready for the start of the year was impressive enough. I'm really intrigued by what he can be with a normal offseason and a normal runway going into what will probably be his final year now with Ohio State. Good pick. No, I, I think that's probably who I would get. I was going to pick. So let's just stop the draft. I mean, what what are we doing <laughs> for real? What is what, what is what is the purpose of this exercise at this point? <laughs> you guys didn't help me out. I don't. We got to this point. Mike calls. I didn't know what to do. You took Mike Hall and Lathan Ransom. Um, <laughs> I don't. We're going to have to – this is not – listen. Were those again. the two guys that you were deciding between? You said you were – No, it okay. wasn't. I'm probably going to take the other guy that I was deciding between. I'll take Denzel Burke, and I'm taking the best of Denzel Burke. I am taking the Denzel Burke who started his first game as a true freshman and saved, attempted to save practically by himself this cornerback room in 2021. We could not believe – the way Denzel Burke came on from a guy whose name they were mentioning in the spring. He came in. There were two higher ranked guys in his recruiting class, but he got here early. This guy's got some dog in him, man. Oh, watch out for Denzel Burke. All of a sudden, okay, they're talking about him in August. What happens? Hey, then why isn't that guy dressed? That guy's going to get picked, by the way, too. The guy who didn't dress, why is he not dressed for the opener? Who's going to start? What? Denzel Burke is going to start and play all year as like basically the number one corner on your team as a true freshman, when you're voting for Team Doug, that's the Denzel Burke. Not the guy who everybody was like, hey, what's up with Denzel Burke? He had some injury stuff this year. There's still some upside there. He still right now is the surest thing in this cornerback room right now. So let's not let kind of a – it's not that it was a sophomore slump, but again, it's like we've seen guys in the second year maybe just have a little bit – this is a little bit of J.K. Dobbins, Travion Henderson, like year two. Man, you were awesome in year one. We thought you were going to keep going up. Well, maybe you didn't go up. It doesn't mean you're not going to go up in year three. That's the Denzel Burke energy I want people to keep when they remember this pick, Stephen. Right? This is another one of those guys who it's like Sean Wade. It's kind of like two two guys. Denzel Burke, is, isn't it? The perception of him for his two seasons is very different. I hate that you made this pick. Because oh, now I feel I better to, now. Thank you. I, I have to <laughs> pick someone I don't want to pick, and it's the Raiders' fault. That I have to pick yeah. him here. <laughs> um, great pick. I, I I mean, Denzel Burke held his own against a pretty deep wide receiver court in the Big Ten in 2021. If if we, I do say so myself, there was a run of guys where he was playing some dudes and he was holding his own. And so I, I agree. We should. He was dealing with some injuries this year. He was in and out the lineup. The dude, had, I've, he had surgery in the middle of the week, and then he played on Saturday. So I, I'll. I think it's fair to give him some reprieve that he's somewhere in the middle of what he was as a freshman and what he was this year. And he's probably going to be pretty quality this year. I can respect that. And also he's who I was going to take. Okay. I feel better. All right. Then take who you're going to take Steven. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Damon Arnett was a first round draft pick. Um, I mean, Jeff Halfley turned Damon Arnett, who is the handsiest corner I've ever watched in my life into a first round pick. And he was pretty decent in 2019. I thought he was good. He wasn't first round good. I thought he was like third round good, but he was good. But that being said, is there another cornerback on this roster since 2019 who you would call third round good? Probably not. 
We'll see what Denzel Burke does this year, but no, point taken, point taken. Uh, yeah, so and, I'll take Damon just to play it safe here. Yeah, and we're running low on corners, Nathan, but we all slow played this guy. We did, and I'm the thing is, I'm not sure that the best of Damon Arnett is still not better than the best we've seen of Denzel Burke. I think some of what has happened later with Damon Arnett, mm. the fact that he got overdrafted, mm. the fact that he had his off-field troubles that pulled him out, drew, drew, he blew his chance in the NFL, I think those are coloring what he actually did at Ohio State. Now, yeah, he was super handsy, but he was also a, a guy who, I mean, he was a second-team All-Big Ten guy and did a lot of good things for that 2019 defense, yes, playing opposite of Okuda. And playing with, a, playing with a really strong defense helped, but playing opposite Jeff ok- Okuda means – you had to do your job a lot because they, they weren't throwing towards Akuda as we talked about before. So I would have taken just on football stuff. Um, I would have taken, I would have done what Steven just did. I would have let you take Burke and then I would have tried to grab Arnett. If Arnett would have been my next pick. For what no it's question. worth, I think bringing up the Jeff Okuda point, because I already have Malcolm Jenkins as my number one guy, I can handle, and I've got Sean Wade in my slot. I can handle taking, Damon Arnett here, but then also, I mean, Damon Arnett's numbers in 2019 weren't, I mean, 74.1 overall PFF grade. His coverage gave was 73.8. Denzel Burke has not, even in, as a freshman, wasn't necessarily that good yet. So I think I agree with Nathan. It's just the upside. I think da- Damon Arnett's year five doing that in 2019. Denzel Burke's a true freshman doing that. So you feel like it's room for growth when your freshman year numbers are 71.8, I'm, I'm 68.8 overall grade and then a 66. 66- Point eight coverage grades. You think there's room for growth there while Damon Arnett, that was just the best version we've seen, but also put around him all the pieces that let him do that. Whether it's Chase Young rushing the passer or my cause, I guess my Davon Hamilton in that situation. And then having my Jeff Okuda be Malcolm Jenkins along with Sean Wade. No, I think that's, you couldn't have more different college paths than Denzel Burke and Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett popped as a fifth year senior who had redshirted Mm -hmm. as a freshman Denzel Burke was a starting as a freshman. Damon Arnett was playing with a first-round defensive end and a first-round corner, helping make him better. Denzel Burke was asked to like practically carry the defense by himself, right? So it's just completely different arcs. But Damon Arnett was first-round pick, man. Damon Arnett was first-round pick. So it was time for him to be picked. And, and if we didn't, he certainly could have gone higher, but... None of us wanted to, to go that direction, which brings us to you, Nathan, middle of the second round. Yeah, I mean, the, the corners that are left, I mean, on paper, you maybe would want to jump and take your guy of the ones that are left, but I don't know if that exists for me. Uh, so I think I'm going to take who I think is the best day. Well, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I'll take that back. But uh, a guy who I think is a really strong choice at his position, and that's Tommy Togiai. Dang it! Oh, okay. Tommy Togiai ahead of Haskell Garrett. So Tommy Togiai, who clearly, kind of had yeah. a, like a mm-hmm. one-year flash, one year and then gone, you know, didn't play much first year, second year, starts as a third-year guy in the pandemic year and then is gone, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Started in 2020 and was right. gone. So, but Steven, you, you, had to, you had your eye on Tommy Togiai? He was going to be my next pick because I thought having a guy who's as strong as a house pair with Mike Hall can do is really good. Except now Nathan just has two guys who are strong as a house plugging up his middle. Um, that's a pretty good style way to stop a run game. Good pick. I like the Togi Davon Hamilton combination. That yeah. is 
That is a mm. that is the Columbus Wall. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, I feel like I have to take a safety because I'm getting worried, and that leads us to production versus perception, and just a good solid football player. I'll take Tanner McAllister. I'm not like jumping up and down, but he was a good, solid starting football player for this team this year. And we are reaching the point where there's not necessarily a million guys of those left, especially in the secondary. So I'm not a thousand percent sure about this, Steven, but I feel okay about it. You're building a 2019 defense because you're going to have to take two more defensive backs. Uh, yeah. I think you figured you were going to get left in this position about two rounds ago where you're going to have to take players where you weren't really that confident in them, but they are who they are and they're on the board and you're stuck where you're stuck. So I thought he had a decent year. I also don't know. The problem is with him. I don't know who the better option is because for a long, you you guys were even not to an extent, we were all sold that maybe Tanner McAllister's the starter. And there's this idea that maybe Cameron Martinez takes the job later on down the line, but he spent the year dealing with injuries too. And when we saw him, it wasn't better. It was actually probably worse. No, the thing about, so I have to play, I'm playing Tanner. I'm playing three linebackers and two deep safeties. So I'm playing Tanner McAllister in a deep safety spot, which is not what he did at Ohio state. So he'll play a different position, but we'll live. I do think he doesn't have as big of a downside as some of the guys that are left. Again, when you have, there's just guys who maybe have higher ceilings, higher upsides at their best. Were they better? Maybe, but like, there's not a, there's not a check mark against Tanner McAllister, Nathan. It's like he came here for one year. Jim Knowles loved him. He was a respected leader. He basically, I think, helped teach people the defense. And then he went out and played solid football for a year. And now he's gone. He didn't have time for people for there to be like a backlash to Tanner McAllister. And I feel like we're getting to the point where there's some players like that left. Like we talked about with Sean Wade, but we like we we talked about, you know, with some with Denzel Burke and some other guys here. So I just feel like Tanner McAllister is kind of a safe pick here. We talk so much about guys in terms of their ceiling, and we sometimes forget that even great teams have to have probably multiple guys out there whose floor is Tanner McAllister, like who is just you're solid, you do your job, you're reliable, uh, you're mostly out there. He didn't, I think he missed one game, but m- the most part was able to get out on the field. He played through injury at times, showed some toughness, smart guy. Those guys are just so critical. All right, Stephen, start of the eighth round to you. I'm going to take Zach Harrison here. I think he is About the time. best. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. yeah. I think he's the, he's not, if JT's probably on the edge of superstar, when you're talking about tier of guys who might be able to get in there, I think from what we've seen so far of that next tier of just really good defensive linemen, I think Zach Harrison's the best of the bunch. And having him play Robin and Chase Young, he did it a little bit in that Clemson game in 2019. He actually played the second most snaps for me defensive end in that game. So he was already on his way to doing that. But having him, I've always felt like if he was the second best defensive end on this team, that's a really good defensive end unit. The problem was that was never the case after Chase Young left. But pairing him with Chase makes him a pretty good pick. But also, I think next week when you guys are at Combine stuff, we're just going to find out a lot about Zach Harrison, how good he was or wasn't at Ohio State, just based on how he tests out and where teams maybe take him in the draft. So this is interesting because he's the third day era edge guy off the board. Chase Young went, JT Tuimolo, Tuimolo wow. Here we are. (laughs) JT Tuimolo, wow, went. And I think, Nathan, the reason that Zach Harrison has stuck around this long is I'm done at edge rusher, and I think – 
there's enough other solid guys that nobody felt like they had to jump for Zach. But if we're just doing straight up best players, he deserves to go higher than this. There's basically two ways I could go. I was going to take him and that would uh, lock me out of taking a trestle player there, or I could take a trestle player there and try to get, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like I felt like the position scarcity at some of these other positions in the day era Mm -hmm. was so great that you had to kind of prioritize those, but that's unfortunately looks like a slouch against Zach Harrison, uh, which it's not meant to be because I think he could very well be a guy that we look back in five years and he's, thriving in the NFL. Maybe not as like a big sack guy, just as he wasn't at Ohio State. Like a guy who gets on NFL teams, a good NFL team, and sticks and does important things. Like, like don't the Patriots always get a lot out of guys like Zach Harrison? Like, you look back someday and it's like, oh, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens or whoever, and you're like, yeah, okay. Because those those franchises sometimes maybe get the most out of guys like this. So I, I, I still think there's NFL upside for Zach Harrison. We just talked, Doug, you and I, uh, to a, a guy from PFF that we'll have on the, uh, the pod early next week, but who spoke highly of Zach Harrison and what he thinks he could maybe be in the NFL, regardless of what his production was. Okay, so that's a good Zach Harrison pick. Good value there for Stephen Means, which brings us to you, Nathan. Yeah, again, just staying on the, the, the concept of position scarcity, uh, but a guy that I think uh, in, a, in a similar way, there's maybe more to be appreciated here after the last two years, and that's Steel Chambers. Okay, cool. It's another linebacker there, and you just helped me make my pick because as you were talking, my my heart dropped into my stomach thinking about what I thought was about to happen to me and that it didn't happen to me, and I was like, okay, you got to make sure this doesn't happen to you. So... Um, we are, that is the fifth day era linebacker off the board. We did Malik Harrison. We did Tommy Eichenberg, Pete Werner and Baron Browning steel chambers is fifth. And I think like he, that's clearly, he's the next linebacker, Steven, right? Was he the next linebacker up for you? Yeah. And I don't really have a good reason for why. Cause it's not the guys under him are all, cause I, I think I'm the only one who, well, unless uh, unless Nathan decides to go three linebacker on us here, the guys who are under Steel Chambers are the guys that we just never believed in, and they just kept playing, and we weren't really sure. Are guys where it's all belief, and you don't yeah. necessarily have to take those guys this early right now. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good pick, and I'm going to take Josh Proctor because I thought you were going to take Josh Proctor, and then I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, Oh my god, who am I going to have to take at safety? And so I'm going to take Josh Proctor. And Josh Proctor is the fifth day era safety off the board, and it's the last guy that I want. And so there are, are options for you guys to maybe take other people, uh, Trestle or Urban players at safety. I don't have that option anymore. I'm only playing two safeties, and I am taking. Remember how sad everybody was when Josh Proctor broke his leg in 2021? Mm. It was like, oh, my God, Josh Proctor. He's so good. He's so valuable. His loss is so huge. And didn't you feel it? Oh, didn't you miss Josh Proctor? I'm not taking the Josh Proctor who missed the tackle against Notre Dame and then kind of lost his job. I'm taking the 2021 Josh Proctor. Oh, Josh Proctor's gone. It's terrible. That ups- And by the way, he's still here. I don't know how he fits in the defense for 2023, Nathan. But I am taking this is another guy. Josh Proctor has been viewed in two completely different ways in his career, but I am taking the best of that. And at least there's some best of that there that I can grab onto here. So I'm I'll, I'll take him, Nathan. I'll take him. I'll take him. Did you think about him at all? 
No, I already had two safeties, so I didn't have to only because I didn't have to take him. It's I I took Lathan Ransom, so maybe I didn't have to make this decision. And it's just because with Lathan, well, Lathan basically took his job this past year. Let's let's be honest with it. So you know that gives you a little bit more certainty. I'm still uh, someone who thinks there's something there with Josh Proctor. I just don't know if we're ever gonna get a chance to really see it because I think there's so far there are still too many other guys that they trust more but safety is a bit of a position in flux that they might there's i think there's opportunity there he's just got to be again at at this time last year he was still coming back health wise and i don't know that that gave him the the best uh, you know ramp up into the season maybe he can do more with it this year with the more conventional off season spring summer whatever Okay, so that's Josh Proctor to end round eight. And Stephen Means, you will start round nine right after this final break on Buckeye Talk. All right, three rounds to go. Stephen, where are you going? I don't know how popular this pick is going to be, but I didn't realize this. Did you guys know who the second highest graded defensive player was in 2019? If you had to take a guess, who would you say? Well, what's the minimum number of snaps? 350. I think I probably do know who that was so guess who is it yeah was it jonathan cooper no good guess though. who is it jay sean cornell okay 90.2 mm-hmm. he had 30 tackles seven and a half tackles for loss and four sa- sacks mm-hmm. on the interior as one of those an edge rusher that we were purposely going to move interior and I think pairing that, since I can't go get the Tommy Togiai, why not go get another guy who can get after the passer from that interior? And so when we're talking about a world where a lot of these defensive tackles left on the board is probably not that big of a gap between them. I'm going to go with a guy who's, you know, the grade is really high and the stats are there and who was in a six-man rotation as well. So I'll go with Jay Sean Cornell. It's a good pick. Again, there's some upside there. Did get drafted. In the NFL, and again, this is like there's this this group, this group of defensive tackles, and and Jay Sean Cornell at times played very well at Ohio State. So Nathan, we're to you in round nine. We're to me indeed, Douglas. Um, so listen, we're getting into a place in the day era where do you lean on what you've seen in front of your face, and how much do you lean towards the next, the 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 thing that's maybe just flashed, the thing that could be. Don't do it. And so I'm going to do it. I have I haven't decided exactly what my team was going to look like to this point. I'm going to take Sonny Styles here. Oh, no, that's weird even. He's barely played. I mean, I know that we had to take Tegra Shibola in the last draft cuz like yeah, we literally were out of offensive linemen. Are we out of safeties? We're not out of safeties. I don't I'm think we're out of safeties. Safety. We are not out of safeties. Take him. You have to take him. You can't take Sonny Styles. He's yes. played 71 Fine. steps. Take him. Take him. No, you, you don't get the upside of a guy who's played this much. Take the Ooh. guy who's played. Take the guy who's played. I'm attaching him to your team. Sonny Styles is stapling. I don't want yeah, anybody no, else. Yeah, because you wiped him from your brain. I'm oh. stapling this player to Sonny Styles. You must. He is a, If you take Sonny Styles, you are rotating with this player at safety. Because no, you're taking like it's like I take CJ. I'll take CJ Hicks. He's gonna be good. Sonny Styles has barely played. So we're not out of safeties. We were out of offensive linemen. There's a guy who played like 100 snaps in a season. I really don't even care that much that he's a safety. I mean, there's multiple positions I could still take from. I still have a linebacker 
spot. I can take a third He's guy. He's not a linebacker. You can't play him at linebacker. I'm, not, I'm telling you. Gee, I'm telling you that I can just take the guy that I think is the best defensive player left, the one with the most upside, and put him. I can, that makes my defense. I can decide where I want to put him after that. I'm stapling Bryson Shaw to him. Bryson Shaw is stapled to Sonny Styles because nobody wants to take Bryson Shaw, but Bryson Shaw played every snap at safety for this team. Bryson Shaw isn't even on my list. Like, I'm not. I know because nobody wants him. He's only, but he's been a starter in college football, which Sonny Styles has not been. He played sixty-nine snaps. Take some, he sixty-nine snaps. Hegra Shabola was drafted. So? We were literally out of bodies. We were out of bodies. I agree. Right. Just voters keep this in mind. I agree. Sonny Styles stapled. I think it's a perfectly defensive to pick. Bryson. Shaw, but we're we are doing it like it's of the Ryan Day era, not of the Ryan Day future. So you're getting the guy, that's, you're getting the guy who's played sixty nine college snaps so far, and it's going to be hard for him to play because Bryson Shaw is stapled to him while he plays. So it's I like, agree. ah, I thought Sonny Styles was fast, but man, oh. why is he? He weighs well. One of the problems is he weighs four hundred pounds because Bryson, one hundred and ninety two pound Bryson Shaw is on his back right now. But I don't think this is cheating at all because it's the goal here is to make what you think is the best defense. And I would take him over the guys that I could take at even positions that I still have a place to take. Some of this is draft strategy. I know who I want to take at some of these other spots, and there are guys that you can't take at some of these other spots. I think it's cheating. I think it's cheating. So that's true. So, but I think but it's Nathan has two. Savvy. Nathan made a 12 person team. He made a 12 person team. He's You're taking, making a 12 person team, not me. Free. It's a bonus. You're doing it. Free, but, hey, you won. It's like a scratch off. You got the Sunny Scout scratch off thinking, hey, I won a Bryson Shaw. Congratulations. You didn't even know it. You got a 12 man team. I'm going to send Bryson Shaw in to talk on behalf of the defense after the game, whether he plays or not, like, yeah. like Ohio State did after the Michigan game in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's one more guy. I don't know if the other guy is going to get taken, but I'm going to take Cam Brown at corner. And it's going to ensure that I don't end up with another guy who I just don't want who the other guy is a upside downside guy and cam brown was just pretty good player more often than not when he was healthy and at this point in the draft as the sixth corner off the board from no as the fifth corner in the day era the sixth corner overall um i just i just want to take him over the other guy so in the end proctor and Cam Brown for me, Stephen, are both like – and Tanner McAllister. My last three picks are all like safer. I just think they have fewer negatives than some of the other guys that are still left. So I'll grab Cam Brown, Stephen. What do you think? I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Cam Brown is an interesting one because he had so many injuries. That I don't know if we – he had some moments the last two years where you know, I think he flashed and I do wonder in a world where the injuries don't exist. If maybe this is a guy who can develop into maybe a late second round of early third round pick, but those injuries just constantly got in the way and it never felt like he was in a rhythm all the way back. Cause he's probably, he's a starting slot corner in 2020 and then he pops his Achilles the second game of the season. And it's been kind of downhill well, for him ever since. He was the nickel in that defense. He wasn't a starter. He was, he had a kind of a, Nickel, slot, I mean, he wasn't cover, safety. No, but he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't in the starting eleven. Is all I'm saying. He was not in the starting eleven. They were still playing well, a no. three linebacker, so single high safety defense. Right. 
You can still call it a slot corner. He just wasn't a starting slot corner. You called him the starting slot corner. That's the distinction I was- I'm trying to make. He's my pick, and I think he was a starter. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, Stephen. <laughs> Starting three-year starter Cam Brown slides right in on Team Doug. That's how I'm couching this. All right. We only have two rounds left. You guys each have a bonus pick left. I do not. So we have some superstars ready to come off the board here sometime soon. Stephen, you're up. Um, so... <laughs> Am I allowed to staple CJ Hicks onto somebody else? <laughs> no, he. You can't. I, I literally I know. think I don't I'm, think I you know. can take no, a guy I'm, who has never played. A no, snap I'm. I'm, I'm actually. I'm actually joking here. I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Cody Simon because I have to because the safeties are gone. Of safeties, I actually believe in here, and I do. I mean, I believed in Cody Simon when I thought he would take over the starting job as a sophomore, and he did. Tommy Eichenberg just got really, really good and was able to do some things that Cody Simon wasn't able to do, partially because he was in a robot arm in the Rose Bowl. But I thought he had a pretty quality season when they did play him out there, and it also allows me to keep that Urban Meyer pick open for somebody who's a little bit more of a flashier playmaker. Okay, that is the sixth day era linebacker off the board. And Nathan, we're up to you. Yeah, and basically, you know, when it came down to what I want to do at corner, I was trying to, you know, it was Cam Brown or it was Seven Banks, was how I was thinking about it, the two that were left. And I didn't, I think Cam Brown's the right guy to take. I just didn't like him so much better for the balance of my team that I was going to take him. Um, I, I thought making a, a, a more savvy pick somewhere else would help. So I'll take Seven Banks as my second cornerback a guy who looked like it could have been something um you know obviously was a starter in 2020 and was um his pff grades are not that great but i mean just by the eye test we all i think thought that he held up all right that year and when you looked at like what were the bigger problems on that defense he wasn't one of the names that got mentioned first but then his then just had a weird turn in his career whether injuries whether whatever else is going on since went on to lsu so there's reason he's getting taken this late at a position that's already pretty thin. So his PFF grade was bad in 2020. It was 55. It was bad. And that was like, hey, like the offseason draft stuff of like draft people who yeah. were desperately looking for stuff, projecting mm-hmm. seven banks in the first round and us going, what? Right. And then this is the guy I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Because even when he played, it was like, I don't know. I guess he's okay. And then he just had a weird end to his career. And so, again, this is a guy, there's a little bit of a dichotomy here, Stephen, but I think the low is lower than the high was because he did play, he did start, but he was okay, I guess. And then it just got weird. Maybe it's not his fault. He transferred to LSU. There was like injury stuff, I guess, that just seemed like Ryan Day always kind of talked about it in a way he, like he didn't want to talk about it. So, again, on the list, I didn't. I just didn't want Bryson Shaw on my team. I didn't want Seven Banks on my team. I didn't want Marcus Hooker on my team. There were just some guys who it's like, this is just the downside, I think, of some of these guys I didn't want to be associated with. And I just think Seven Banks has like a weird legacy at Ohio State, Stephen. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head what his best game was in a way that would have justified me wanting him in a way I don't because with other with there's other guys where we're going we're taking this specific version of them we know all this other stuff's weird but this specific version of them but seven banks I mean he was decent as a second teamer when we got to see a lot of the second team in 2019 because they were blowing everybody out 
Um, he had the pick that sealed the, the Clemson game in 2020, but Latham Ransom caused that interception by plucking the ball out of the wide receiver's hand in the first place. I'm just not sure we ever saw the upside that the eye test maybe told us might be there when you just look at him physically. So, but we had to do it. Like Nathan, yeah. Yeah. we're out of corners. Right. So like he's the sixth corner of the day era, no doubt about it. You had no choice. Right. There's, there's choices that you make that set things up. I could have, I mean, you guys have already taken your trestle picks both, right? I mean, I, I could have taken Timothy Chekwa here. I could have taken Dante Whitner here and then settled for another defensive end, but there's somebody I want at defensive end. So I took the last, I just took the, the scraps of the cornerback room. Yeah. I don't, so Dante Whitner's not going to get picked. I wanted Dante Whitner on my team. Dante Whitner, he's a safety. He's, I, I love Dante Whitner. He was, yeah. I cut him just for one year. And I would have loved to try to find a way to get him on, but I just, I couldn't do it when I'm taking Laurinaitis. So I'm sad about that. All right. I have both my defensive tackles left. I have not taken a defensive tackle. I have to take two day air defensive tackles. And I will take Haskell Garrett. He's an All American in the 10th round. I don't know. He he had that game, right? He had the Michigan State game that he like completely shut down the Michigan State defense by himself, like on the first series, and that was it for Michigan State. So, and he he was all American in the pandemic here. So I don't know. Like I, I I think he wound up being overrated. I think again, like in the view of him, it was a weird year. I I don't really know that he played at an all American level. Was he a good college football player? He was, but then I think the NFL told us that there was a ceiling to that, which is fine. But I'll I'll take him this late, and this again is I'm taking him as the fifth day era defensive tackle that I feel pretty decent about. But I don't think Nathan he necessarily should have gone any higher than this. No, I think this is where he should go for any any of these teams. All right, he's so we're to the final round. Him. He's the next guy we're taking. Yeah, we're to the final round, Stephen, and you do have your bonus pick left. You have your mm-hmm. Urban Meyer era pick left, right? So who's it going to be? It's going to be Malik Hooker to close out my secondary. If Jordan Fuller is my eraser and, you know, the guy who just cleans up everybody else's mess, well, Malik Hooker is the guy who's going to make a mess for the offense because I've got Chase Young and Zach Harrison and, and Jason Cornell and Mike Hall getting after the quarterback. I think I like my linebackers with Cody Simon as my mic. I need a just dude back there who's going to get picks. Oh, and you like your linebackers with Cody Simon as your mic. You love your linebackers. Okay. I like okay. my linebackers. Well, I love one guy, of my linebackers. I love one as of the guy them. who took seven linebackers in the first three rounds. Just chill with you love your linebackers while you talk about your all Americans everywhere else. Well, listen, well, even in, in 2019, the all Americans can't be at every single level. Malik Harrison wasn't all American, but I like Malik Hooker rounding out what everybody else is doing their job at a high level, this is the guy who's going to just be racking up picks and pick sixes like he did in 2016. So I think this is the right pick, but let me ask if you considered Von Bell as a different urban era safety. Yes. I think when it was shaping out that I was probably going to use my urban pick on a safety, um, I knew this early on, kind of, I was figuring it out early on. It was probably going to be a linebacker or a safety. So I was, Okay, Ryan Sazier, Von Bell, Malik Hooker. I'm probably going to get one of those three, depending on what else I get at those spots. Malik Harrison isn't Ryan Sazier, but I do think he's got some playmaking ability. Jordan Fuller is not Von Bell, but what he does is still solid for what matches up with what Malik Hooker brings to the table. So it came down to like what's what fits together best when you're trying to put this team together. But once it was clear I didn't have to take a corner, from that 
you know, the Marshawn Lattimore's, uh, you know, the Gary on Conley's on down the list. It came down to those three guys. And depending on how the draft like kind of shaped out, that's which one I was going to take. Okay. He was awesome. Man, he was awesome in 2016. That was Greg Schiano talking about Malik Hooker was as good of a safety as he'd seen in college football since Ed Reed. Like the hyperbole, not, not hyperbole. Yeah. Hyperbole is the wrong word because it implies it wasn't warranted. The praise around Malik Hooker that year was extreme. He was rare. And again, if we, if we ever did it, if I was lining up the rarest dudes I saw in covering Ohio State where they did something that nobody else has been like that. Malik Hooker's on that list as a sideline to sideline covering ground kind of safety. <laughs> Different level. Great pick this late. Nathan, wrap it up for you. So I have to take a trestle guy, and I know that this guy was a bust in the NFL, uh, but I know he also had 22 and a half sacks in two years, including 14 his last year at Ohio State. So I'll take Vernon Golston as my other defensive end to pair along with Nick Bosa. So this is high value. This dude was a specimen, man. And he had that game against Michigan, I guess, what was it, 07, where Jake Long from Michigan wound up being the overall number one pick in the draft, and Vernon Golston kind of had a good game against him, made some money mm-hmm. that day. And Vernon Golston was just a guy who was sort of physically made to play football. And I think like mentally wasn't, I don't know that he, he was like a super smart, interesting guy, like in the body of a Greek God. And then it was like, he got to the NFL and kind of didn't work. But I remember writing a story about him. And this is like early on before I really had a handle of like what cast tech in Detroit really was. And Ohio state started going in there. And then like, that was like a recruiting hotbed. And the story was like he was walking around in the hallway and the football coach saw him and thought he was a substitute teacher. <laughs> and it was like, he's like, and Vernon Golston's like, no, I'm a student. And the football coach is like, you're playing football now. <laughs> and that's the story of how Vernon Golston became a football player. And he was extraordinary, man. And it's funny to think, you know, there are um, sort of specific type of dudes. But when it comes to like these get after the passer rush ends and we think of, Bosa Bosa Chase, like Vernon Golston is kind of like the maybe like early on here, you know, that that kind of guy. Other trestle guys you could have gone here, Nathan, you could have gone Will Smith, the late great mm-hmm. Will Smith, big part of the national championship team, and like a different player than Vernon Golston, Edge or inside, you could have gone Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm. So was did you feel like Golston was clearly the guy for you? Well, just again, just focusing on Edge guys and just focusing on production at its peak again like that the way we talk about chase young with the 16 sacks in 2019 like this was a level of production that was not far off of that and i know that that's not everything and that the the intimidating presence and all that stuff that chase young had i think did probably exceed what golston did but golston was clearly a a star at that time he had top 10 pick and if you discount again if i know we were in this weird balance sometimes of how much do we want to count the NFL stuff? How much do we not? Should it only be a positive? I don't know. But just to get him in the last round, to get 14 sacks in a year in the last round, I think is defensible. Absolutely. Good pick. And I'm going to wrap it up and I will take the other Hamilton. I'll take Ty Hamilton. Again, I think, Hmm. I don't know, pretty good. Like this group of defensive tackles. I, I, could have taken Ty Hamilton ahead of Haskell Garrett. I don't know. I, I could have taken Teron Vincent here. I could have taken Robert Landers here. But I think Ty Hamilton has been a very good, solid player. Uh, and so 
I'll wrap up defensive tackle there, having used both of my bonus picks much earlier. We didn't dig into the corners, like the guys that that from the trestle. And again, for people who are like, I can't believe you didn't take Ryan Cheesy. There were three urban era players who were going to be picked, and there were three trestle era players. So the urban era players that were picked were Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, and Malik Hooker. The Jim Trestle era players that were taken were Vernon Golston, James Laurinaitis, and Malcolm Jenkins. That was it. The other 27 players had to come from the Ryan Day era. Urban Meyer era players who were not taken, Ryan Shazier, Vaughn Bell, and the corners, Denzel Ward, Bradley Roby, Marshawn Lattimore, Garyon Conley. Just didn't work out, even in a world where we're short on corners in the Day era. Trestle era players that weren't taken, Will Smith, Jonathan Hankins at defensive tackle, who was awesome. But mm-hmm. again, there's just enough names at defensive tackle. It didn't happen. A.J. Hawk mm-hmm. was not drafted. Dante Whitner, Mike Doss, right? It was one of those, especially in a world where in the day era, we have gone from one safety to three safeties. It got short on safeties quick, but there was a great backstop of Trestle and Meyer era safeties there if we needed them. But it's hard to get away from the Boses, man. It's hard to get away from James Laurinaitis and Vernon Golston. So we could have gone heavier in the secondary, Nathan, and we didn't. But I, I think once once Joey and Nick have to be picked, and they have to be, all of a sudden it's like, well, there's a bunch of secondary guys in the urban era that just aren't going to get drafted. Yeah, I think if I had had the number one overall pick, I would have taken Chase Young, and then I would have taken my Meyer and Trestle picks last. I think I would have p- taken just taking Ohio state, I just taking Ryan day era guys for the next nine picks or eight picks. And then taking those, because I thought there was just so much every position, every position. Like there's like, yep. there's like six corners or safeties who were all Americans uh, just from the trestle era. Uh, just, I mean, there's just so much value there that you could get late. But when I had to take a Bosa early on, then that threw that off a little bit, but uh, that's how I would have done it. If I had had number one, um, just, and, but as I was filling this out, as I'm making my list, it's, it's stark that like, man, Ohio state used to just pump out tremendous defensive players. And like, where is that gone? And how do they get it back? Do they want to get it point, back? Like, is it the focus as the focus shifted to where they don't want to win that way? The, to make this point, that's kind of what I did here. I took Chase Young first. My last pick was my Urban Meyer pick. The only reason I took my Trestle pick so early is because I wanted to make sure I got a dog at corner while still leaving open the Urban Meyer pick. So like that exact strategy is where my head was at once I took that first pick. But it does seem that way, right? That the it's almost flipped. I think it, it, had we been doing had the Urban era come first. I mean, come last in the Ryan Day era is what we were coming off of, you know, all the offensive talent. And now we're in an era where we're getting all the defensive talent, but it's still new and we're not really there yet. It's kind of flipped then. Maybe we're the defensive draft would have been a little bit more concrete and easier to do and not running out the names while the offensive side of the ball might have been a little bit more like, uh, I don't know. After you get past, you know, Zeke. What are you doing? Because even Michael Thomas at that point, he hadn't really – the stats – it wasn't the matter of fact with Michael Thomas yet, so it would have been a little bit more like, huh, the offensive side of the ball is kind of lacking with talent while the defensive ball – the, the, the defensive side was a lot easier. And so this – maybe it gets better in the next couple of years as maybe Jack Sawyer pops this next year. Maybe Talik Williams pops this year. Maybe Jordan Hancock, we finally see the version that has been kind of pro- not promised, but they've been really excited to see coming off of last year's offseason, but injuries got in the way of that. But right now, there's a lot of what-ifs in maybe this guy and 
the idea of what a guy might be going on in the future versus what we've actually been able to see the last three or four years here. So let's talk about the, the guys that I had written down for the day era who did not get picked. Justin Hilliard, yep. who I thought maybe like when you're talking about a last linebacker, maybe would have mm-hmm. been in the mix. Teron Vincent and Robert Landers at defensive tackle. Again, there's just like that hodgepodge of guys. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyreek Smith, Jonathan Cooper, Jack Sawyer did not get picked, nope. correct? Mm-mm. Nope. So we wound up in a world where only three-day rush ends got picked because we picked both Bosa's and Vernon Golston as bonus picks, and then we picked Chase Young, JT Tuimoloau, and Zach Harrison. Again, strategically, Nathan, certainly Tyreek Smith, Jonathan Cooper, and Jack Sawyer would have been worthy of being drafted here. They're just not the Bosa's, but it is interesting. The defensive ends in the day era are not as deep as the defensive ends of the previous eras, right? It's not it's not like a Bosa Bosa thing. And and part of Chase was in Urban, and then Day gets one year of Chase. But I do think when you look at the defensive ends compared to the other position groups in the day era, they're still deeper with talent than a lot of the other groups. I was not as nervous when you got to the fifth and sixth guys at defensive end as I was at corner or safety or linebacker. Sure. And so we just couldn't squeeze in Tyreek Smith, Jonathan Cooper, or Jack Sawyer because the Bosa's are so good and Vernon Golston's so good. But it just depends which lens you use there, Nathan, to assess day day or defensive ends. Yeah, and in which which position on defense has had consistently a top-shelf assistant coach throughout the day era to keep recruiting that position. It's been... Larry Johnson, it's been defensive end. And I think that's why you've seen that consistency there. But I think it also illustrates when you look at that list, that what greatness truly is. Because like Tyreek Smith, there were times in 2021, we've said it before, I thought he was like the best player on the field at times in 2021. But injuries and other things, you could never really do it consistently. We saw what JT Tuomaloa did to Penn State last year. Can he do that consistently? Like there's no question when you look back at Chase Young and and the Bosa's and Vernon Golston's last season, especially like it was consistent. It was every week those guys showed up and trashed people. And that's been missing from Ohio State for a while. I mean, even even some of those defensive backs that we talked about, you would get like, you know, a, a peak once in a while, but no one could s- sustain that peak. They haven't been able to sustain those defensive peaks for now going on three seasons. All right. So let's wrap it up. Steven, you had the first pick run through your team. Let's go. Defensive line, linebacker, secondary, when you run through so people can envision this team on the field. Who are your 11 guys? Yeah, the more I look at my team, the more I realize it's the 2019 team with some other positions <laughs> sprinkled in there. But my defense, my edge rushers are Chase Young and Zach Harrison. My interior defensive line, Mike Hall Jr. and Sean Cornell. My linebackers are Malik Harrison and Cody Simon. Um, my slot, nickel, cover safety, whatever you want to call it, is Sean Wade. My two outside corners are Malcolm Jenkins and Damon Arnett. My safeties are Malik Hooker and Jordan Fuller. Pretty good. Pretty good team. Nathan, again, the caveat, you have 12 players on your team. Run through your defense for us. My defensive line is Nick Bosa and Vernon Golston at the ends, Davon Hamilton and Tommy Togiai inside. No no natural three-tech there, but I'll worry about that while you're pulling your running back's head out of his butt or whatever, because he's not going anywhere up the middle on this team. Uh, P. Werner and Steel Chambers at linebacker. Jeff Okuda and Seven Banks at corner. Lathan Ransom and Ronnie Hickman as safeties. And then Sonny Styles in a 
what I wrote on my list as sort of a flex, because I didn't know what I was going to do with that position. He would obviously be a safety. Maybe Lathan Ransom would be more of the strong safety and you would play two highs with Hickman and Styles. Something. I don't know. I'd figure it out. Would we rather call him when I list the teams, Bryson Styles or Sonny Shaw? Which I like Sonny better? Shaw. Sonny Shaw. Sonny Shaw. Like a, okay. That actually sounds like an elite safety. Yeah, Sonny Shaw. So Sonny Shaw sort of in that amorphous kind of everywhere yeah. kind of position. Okay, my team, by the way, is only scheduling Wisconsin and Iowa. We're not playing anybody <laughs> else. So maybe Michigan. We'll see. My defensive ends are Joey Bosa and JT Tuimolowau. My defensive tackles are Haskell Garrett and Ty Hamilton. I am playing a three-linebacker look. I'm going to play Tommy Eichenberg in the middle and surround him with James Laurinaitis and Baron Browning. At corner, I have Denzel Burke and Cam Brown, and my safeties are Tanner McAllister and Josh Proctor. What happened there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. You hired okay. Tavor Johnson. <laughs> And yeah. Alex Grinch. Nope. You you hired nope. Al- Alex Grinch and Tabor Johnson as your secondaries coach yeah. and it all went downhill. <laughs> Let's have a defensive coaching draft. Uh man, we if we think we got short there, it's like, oh God, am I gonna take Bill Davis or Alex Grinch now? What am I gonna do? Oh god. Can I just say okay. something real quick? Um in this um hypothetical game, we want to play Doug first because CJ Stroud's gonna throw for six hundred yards. On the score, on the secondary. Yeah, I know you have negative rushing yards, but we're gonna. Have, we're not running the we ball. Have a little trouble. We no, won't be running the ball. It's gonna be like, yeah, CJ Stroud was fifty-eight for seventy-two against Doug's <laughs> defense. Ran it twice from negative three. Yep. Okay. This could get rough. No, 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 no. But upside. Remember the upside. Oh, Josh Proctor. Remember how good he was. So I'm not gonna talk down my team. Haskell Garrett's an All-American. I got him in round ten. That's our draft for the day era defense. Go back and listen to the offense draft if you haven't. Next week, it's it's getting busy. Like It is getting busy here. If you have not listened to the Thursday podcast, I would direct you back to that. We are attempting to apply some context, get some information about the standards in Ohio State sports. I talked to Nadine Muzzerall, who is the women's hockey coach, and Kevin McGuff, who is the women's basketball coach. They are the interviews on the Thursday podcast. If you care about the context, overall about Ohio State athletics, I think you'll find it interesting. Next week, Nathan and I are going to be at the NFL Combine. Stuff's going to really start rolling on Tuesday, Wednesday, but we'll probably won't podcast about the Combine until Thursday, Friday at the earliest. Jace, uh, the big guys are later in the week. So early next week, we are going to have a Ty Tucker, Tom Ryan podcast. That's the men's tennis coach and the wrestling coach. I've already talked to them. We're going to continue to talk about trying to win at Ohio State in a multitude of sports. We're going to have a combine preview with Max Chadwick of PFF. And we are going to have a spring football preview because next week's the combine. And then the week after that is spring football. It's going to be here before you know it. So Nathan and Steven and I are going to do a draft of the most intriguing players for the spring. We will bring that to you early next week. And by the way, this basketball, men's basketball season is winding down. So stay with us. We're covering a bunch of stuff. We're writing it at cleveland.com slash OSGU. We're texting it at 614-350-3315. And again, I would direct you to the College Football Survivor Show. Shahan and I this week ranked for 2024 when the Big Ten expands to 16 teams. What do we think the hierarchy will be? We rank those Big Ten teams, those programs, what we expect them to be in 2024, one through 16. Is Ohio State number one in a world where Michigan won the last two Big Ten titles and USC's coming? Are they? 
Go listen to that podcast to find out. For now, for Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.